Hello and welcome to Hey Arnold Hey, it's uh, Corey Vaughn with Adam Samaha. And we're here uh, talking about uh, the episode New Teacher, written by Joseph Purdy and Dan Pavenmeyer. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, the introduction of Mr. Simmons, who stays as a, a solid character for the rest of the show. Um, yeah, this is a great episode. We talk about teaching structures. <laughs> yeah, different teaching styles. In relation and... to the election. Yeah, uh, we talk yep, about the election. Yep. Um, yeah, so uh, hope you enjoy the episode. Uh, just some quick reminders. We do have a website, uh, heyarnoldhay.com. Email address, hey.heyarnoldhay at gmail.com. Uh, anything? Just rate and review please and send us some subscribe. emails. Yeah, send yeah. us emails, please. We like, uh, them. we like reading them, and sometimes we'll even respond to them here on the, on, the, show. On, the on air. On the air, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so please enjoy uh, New Teacher. All right, thank you, guys. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for... <laughs> opens up with uh, Principal Wartz talking to the students of PS118 in uh, Arnold's class, uh, saying that their old teacher, Miss Slovak, is leaving to, I guess, play golf. Uh, and uh, they're bringing in a new teacher uh, to take her place. His name's Mr. Simmons. He kind of walks in with this um, uh, wild uh, excitement to start teaching these students. Um, and of course, uh, none, of, none of the class, none of the students in this class are really into it, uh, he kind of has like a, a progressive view of teaching, uh, breaking down structures, sitting the students in a circle, talking about uh, um, kind of uh, what would be stereotypically more touchy-feely stuff, like uh, each student is special and unique, uh, each student should ask why as much as they can. Uh, there's a whole list of things that he kind of pushes forward as his view of, view of what teaching should be, um, and the students hate it, and they decide they're going to break him. Uh, you know, in a, in a classic um, uh, students uh, prank the teacher uh, kind of trope. Uh, and eventually they, they actually do break him uh, after, you know, changing names and um, uh, making uh, chanting uh, bogus. They, at one point they chant bogus at him. Uh, Harold eats one of his sandwiches um, and it, it, it literally breaks him. He says, uh, uh, this is inhuman. And then he kind of deject, dejectly quits. Uh, and so Principal Wartz then brings in a new teacher, another new teacher, uh, Lieutenant Major Goose, who is uh, a kind of a militant teacher. Uh, and he just, you know, he, all of his teaching decisions are uh, to bring these kids in the line. Um, they're all di disciplinary. Um, it's about structure. It's about symmetry, uh, calling out students when they're misbehaving. Um, and Again, the students hate this as well. Um, and what clicks for them in response to Lieutenant Major Goose is that someone like Mr. Simmons uh, actually listens to them, asks them questions, um, uh, presents them with a just a more like holistic view of, of a relational view of teaching. Uh, and so they end up going to Mr. Simmons' house to try to convince him to come back. At first, he says no, uh, but then the gang comes back again with uh, these different gifts of um, 
back to relationship, gifts of relationship to say, Hey, we want your trust back. We want to, we want to be with you again. Um, please like come and teach us. And so through these kind of loving moments, uh, uh, Gerald tells a poem, stinky, uh, wears his, his version of a truth crown, uh, and Harold makes him a sandwich. These, uh, symbolic gestures, uh, convince Mr. Simmons to, uh, return to teach, to teach them. Uh, and so the kind of the, the climax is them uh, uh, now breaking Lieutenant Goose. And that's that's actually by asking why to him uh, for several minutes. And eventually he quits and Mr. Simmons comes back in and then they wrap up their day uh, with a, a unplanned field trip uh, in the park, local park. Um, it's a it's a yeah sweet episode with um, that, that, that I think if nothing else is talking about the relationship between a teacher and students. It's great. Uh, highlights for you, Adam? Um, I think uh, some highlights would be, I, I really liked, and you just touched on it right at the end, like the idea of the students employing um, Mr. Simmons' teaching right, abilities right. as a way to essentially overthrow the bad, uh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. rigid hierarchical yeah. teacher. I thought that was pretty... Uh, pretty interesting and pretty funny and i think it's kind of one of those things where they realize that they're at first on the nose the whole thing seems like very touchy-feely but they can actually use it in a way that like is sort of empowering or empowers them um i liked that dynamic i think um Mr. Simmons, when he, he walks in and it's, he's just such a goofball and he says like, I know you all have your own individual way of saying hello and I want to hear it. And then it's just complete silence. Yeah. And I have like, that reminds me of some of societal sort of things that I think are really funny. I will probably go into later on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really liked that moment for like a goofy reason. And I think you can dig deeper into it too. Um, I don't know. What did you see in it that you liked? Well, some little moments I liked, uh, when Mr. When Lieutenant Goose, uh, goes to Curly and says, uh, I think you dropped the pencil. You're the enemy. What's your name? <laughs> and then he says, Curly. And then he says, that's not your name. Your hair isn't Curly. What's your real name? And Curly, like, in so much shame, says Thaddeus. <laughs> and then Lieutenant Goose says, Curly, stand in the corner. Like it, Yeah, I recognize it. Yeah, it just a, <laughs> like, it's just a nice moment. And actually, Curly has all the good, all the good lines because he also, you know, everyone else is saying, why... To Lieutenant Goose at the end of the end of the episode, why don't you ask us questions? Why don't you teach us like things that are very relevant to uh, his uh, L- Lieutenant Goose's style? Weaponizing Mr. Simmons. Yeah, Curly just says, Ideology. "Why do fools fall in love?" Which is like a song <laughs> or something. I don't know. It's like I remember watching that with um, my parents that episode with my parents growing up, and my dad just laughed so hard when Curly said that. So I think there's some reference there. Maybe I'll look, try to look it up. Uh, anyway, uh, regardless. Uh, yeah, Curly had some good lines. Um, I like that uh, Miss Slovak. Th- these are just like popcorn moments for me. But um, uh, I like that Miss Slovak retired to go like pursue professional golf, like maybe the senior PGA tour or something. Um, yeah, and oh, uh, Gerald's poem is great. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, which I yeah. think we should uh, tear apart later. It's great. Um, not tear apart. Not we'll tear dive apart. Into dive it. into it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think I think all my other stuff is more. Um, yeah, more like uh, digging deep stuff. So I, we'll I save it. For yeah, we'll save it for a critical analysis. But uh, what about okay thesis episode? Or not thesis episode. Thesis moment. What? Where? Where does this episode shine for you? So I think it's kind of 
two points, one of them which I mentioned earlier. But the, 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 the obvious one, I think, is when all the students show up at Mr. Simmons' house. Totally. And yeah. they're kind of, like, asking for him to come back. But they're not just asking for him to come back, like, we miss you, please come back. Like, they prove to him that they've learned their lesson and that they find value in, like, his, the goofier side to his teaching. And so they do the truth crown and uh, the poem, the poem, and they bring him a sandwich, which uh, <laughs> yeah. was taken from him wrongly. And so they kind of, uh, yeah, ask for his support and his teaching uh, by respecting kind of what he did. And I think that the second part of that is then using, like, like we said before, like weaponizing what he believes to take down the bad mm. teacher, too. So it's like reinforcing and thanking the, the teacher they at first made fun of, you know, in very deep ways. Which yeah. uh, you mentioned this earlier, which for nine year olds is like a really intense, deep way of saying thank you by not just like saying thank you, but also like understanding the value of what has been done and then using it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So we're giving new life to it. Yeah. Like it makes it. Yeah. You, you say, oh, his goofy ways of teaching. Yes. It's so goofy to see Stinky put on his paper made crown and say, I think you're Karen. <laughs> like it's so goofy. But when you remember that these are nine year olds, um, this is a powerful moment of, um, uh, uh, relationship, respect. Uh, it's, it's indicating to Mr. Simmons, we've internalized what, like who you are yeah. already. That's a powerful, I mean, and it, this is a, this is a microcosm of what a year of teaching could look like <laughs> instead of like a day. Right. Yeah. But, um, it's, it's, I think them doing those three gifts for, for Mr. Simmons is a sign of what intentional teaching can do. Um, yeah, so I, th I do think that that scene is uh, pretty powerful. Yeah, let's let's listen to it. We got presents and poetry. Well, so why don't we start off with a free-form poem? All right. Gerald, Sid. <clears throat> I've seen the best minds of my generation served up fastballs in the blacktop, someone else car. And they scatter like so many leaves from an October wind. Then the bell rings, and they're sitting back in their class, staring at a pop quiz. This is my truth crown. And what I like about you, Mr. Simmons, is your caring and giving nature. Mr. Simmons, I, I made you something for me. It, it's a sandwich. This is very touching. A replacement sandwich. And more importantly, it's a Harold Berman sandwich because right between the turkey and the tomato is a little invisible layer of love. Friends, your presentations have really moved me and because of who I am, I want to come back and be your teacher. Wait a minute, you bunch of chuckleheads. We have one very big obstacle, Lieutenant Major Goose. Well, we'll just have to deploy a strategic strike of our own. So in that clip, I think we get to see uh, all of the students like getting together and basically validating uh, everything Mr. Simmons believes in, which I think probably, like we stated earlier, coming from nine-year-olds probably feels really good and it's something mm. he did not expect at all yeah. uh, to have these children have such emotional depth and understanding and honesty and all these sorts of things. Um, but I would like to jump back to when they at first denied Mr. Simmons for those very sure. same beliefs. Sure. Um, and I think there's something uh, to me that's interesting about it is that I think in society or in our day-to-day -day lives, when we're confronted with a thing that seems 
super ideologically motivated or driven, which clearly he is, which is like this sort of confused progressive educational yeah. agenda. It feels like what's the, what's the alternative school? Monte Montessori. It felt like a Montessori yeah, school. I, agree. A I went to Montessori. It's where I got huh? pneumonia. <laughs> There's a bunch of anti-vaxxers there. Um, Let's talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not. Um, so I almost died. No. So okay, but that's true. So, uh, but what I so but what I think is interesting there is their initial denial of his yeah h- highly um, motivated uh, progressive agenda um, like <laughs> makes a, makes sense to me because if you think about how society and their childhood has operated thus far, no one really asks them how they feel. Mm. Nobody mm-hmm. really asks them to. You are in an individual, and not only saying like a phrase like that, but also like diving deeper and saying like therefore express yourself as an individual. So like every parent will say like you know I love you for you. You're better. You're not better than your siblings. You know you're just different than your right, siblings. Right, right, right. But it's such a face value sort of claim to make. You have to say that you're my you're my exactly. mom. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's a necessity and a utility to it too, just to not have you bicker. You know, yeah, you yeah, think yeah. that there's yeah. like more love going coming from somebody. Um. So, I but to dive deeper and say like I want you to, to manifest something, or synthesize something based off of your individuality is insane to ask. And it's almost uh, a lot of work. Uh. And I think there, to me, because he's like, a, seems like a progressive type, some sort of nod to multiculturalism mm. in mm. that, like, you have everybody has their own individual way of saying hello. Yeah, that's postmodernism for sure. Totally. Yeah. Like your so, your river is important. I want to I want to know like where you're coming from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think that's kind of interesting. I don't know if we have to go into too much depth about that, but. Uh, just off the bat, the whole idea of them denying him at first like makes complete sense to mm. me. And I think it's unfortunate because there is something good to be mined from what yeah. he's doing, right? But the fact that they did it like makes sense. And I think we there's like a few directions I would like to go with this. One of them is topical, which is the election we just had. Sure, sure, sure. So Bernie Sanders running for president, right? Yeah. He like proposed sort of what seemed like radical agenda, but really is like a furtherance of like FDR policies, right? Right. Which is kind of like caring about the common person, right. common collective good, those sorts of things. Like understanding that truly in order for all boats to rise, like you have to take care of everyone. And there's like an economic agenda behind that. But it was characterized as like this pie in the sky idealism. Yeah. That's a waste of time. Yada, yada. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and it kind of makes sense why people would, you know, address it that way but i think um it's sort of we not me necessarily or necessarily Corey either but us as a people we were like the students in that moment Hmm. and bernie Hmm. sanders was like mr simmons and at first we're like no fuck this guy he's a lunatic he's strange he wants me to like love my neighbor and like care and like pay more taxes to fund my neighbor all these sorts of radical ideas you know and I think we all kind of gave him the, yeah, the, the backhand, like, no, we don't want this. That's like, well, I think what it's doing, it's not just um, rejecting his ideas because, okay, so we'll, we'll use Mr. Simmons as a microcosm. What there's, if Mr. Simmons is saying to these students, um, you are individual and special. I want to hear your specific hello, or I think that everything you do is specifically you. And for those students to say, ah, ha, 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 ha. That's dumb. What they're really rejecting is themselves. Totally. Exactly. Which is... Yes. Which lifts a whole layer off of this episode. Yeah. These students have so little experience... With themselves. Um, with themselves that when, yeah. when an adult when an adult mentor figure says, hey, who are you? Say hello to me the way you want to say hello. They don't know how to be individual. They don't know how to be themselves. There's an, an, uh, 
a denial of the introspective element of yes, it. Yes. And there's also the fear of the unknown. Yes, 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 yes. So, and that's like ties to what I was saying mm, earlier, which mm. is that initial denial kind of makes sense because it's counter what you've always been yes. told. Um, so, and <laughs> what is the t- the bad teacher's name? The, mil- the uh, Lieutenant Goose. Lieutenant, Lieutenant Major Goose. Goose. So like Lieutenant Major Goose is like our Donald Trump right now. Whoa. So I think we're stuck with him because we put ourselves here more or less. There's a lot of nuance to that that I'm really missing and glossing over, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. but more or less. It's not worth diving into. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're yeah. not. That's not what the point of this podcast is. But we are in the Lieutenant Goose phase of American politics right now. And I think there's already been this sort of this sort of uh, reimagining what it could have been with Bernie Sanders, the way the students reimagine what could have been uh, under uh, uh. Uh, Mr. Simmons. So I think that there, this is a very human episode, like Hey Arnold always has that dynamic, you yeah. know. Um, so I think that the impulse to have some sort of reactionary response is very inherent to humans. Mm. And I think like legalization of marijuana in Colorado, like there has been an uptick in usage of adults. And so that makes sense because these are people that like lived in society saying that this was not right. And now they get to indulge freely. Right, right. But it's actually usage has gone down in high school students and children. So they like kind of have known no different. So because it's become legalized, like, well, it's legal. It's probably not that cool. My parents are doing it like it's not cool. And that's, that's also like a reactionary response. Mm, mm. So I think that sort of reactionary response to things is inherent and, and, uh, like humans, it's part of our human condition and, um, not to hog the mic too much, but it no. also reminded me of, uh, there's this linguist named Deborah Tannen and she was on Ezra Klein's podcast. Um, and he was talking to her about like gendered speech in the election and sort of things. Mm-hmm. And um, this is more personal, uh, which Mr. Potato Salad, our fa- favorite email buddy, <sighs> said, get more personal. Get here sentimental, bro. Yeah, here you go, yeah. Mr. Potato Salad. Um, is the way, so I manage a coffee shop and work in restaurants, industry, yada, 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 yada. My management style, and Corey can maybe attest to this because <laughs> we work together. Um, I realized listening to Deborah Tannen speak, I have a very, very, very stereotypically feminine management style and... Um, uh, rhetoric style of rhetoric, which is I like to ask a lot of questions mm. when I'm leading a group of mm. people. I like to get consensus through other people. Um, very rarely do I like to like flex my muscles and just mm. say, this is the way that it's going to be. Mm. And I've noticed a lot of confusion and pushback with people about not having such a hands-on approach to like basically like going for it and saying, this is my vision. This is how it's going to be. This is how I want everything to work and everybody fall in line. Mm -hmm, It's mm -hmm. more of like going to each individual and saying, do you feel like this decision that I'm about to like make, like sits right and feels right to you. And I have uh, just got a new job recently and I've had one guy over and over again to me when I go to him with questions about things we would like to do differently. He says, well, you know, like you're the boss, like you can, you can, you can, you know, you can make the decision yourself. And he's not being rude, but he's like appealing to the authority Mm -hmm. that I hold in a way that I don't even do. And I'm the Mm -hmm. one with the supposed Mm -hmm. authority. So it's that same sort of instinctive reactionary response which is why are you asking me this this is not my job which is not where i'm going with it i'm trying to say i want you to be happy Mm. i want you to feel like your emotions and feelings at this workplace are validated but that's very unusual and it's more trends more feminine supposedly in rhetoric and in, in the use of language um than a sort of like assertive forceful hyper uh confident yeah i guess forceful rhetoric style yeah yeah and i wonder well it 
if the even if this isn't about gender, which it might be, I mean, side note, there there is like a lot of fan fiction. I don't know fan theories that uh, Mr. Simmons uh, is like a stand-in for queer culture or gay culture. Yeah, um, that makes sense and, to me. Yeah, and there are some other references. I mean, he like yeah, there there are some references in later episodes. You're like, oh maybe yeah, like maybe that makes sense. And I think what you're talking about is he's shifting the idea of what it means to at least be a teacher if not a be, leader be a or male something. leader yeah but if if nothing else he's you know if 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 teaching students in the way they should go uh like the stereotype is you know discipline is a good thing um mr simmons is pushing against that a little bit and and there's a uh, just to like look ahead a little bit there there's a great episode where he him and the other teachers go on strike um because they're tired of the principal I don't know, being, being a bad principal or something. And he ends up, he ends up being the interim principal and anarchy happens. Yeah. And, and so I don't think his view is presented only as positive. I think he is presented as a little bit naive. And so I don't think that the show isn't saying that this is the only way to teach. It's just presenting it as an alternative human uh, alternative, or I said alternative twice, but you know what I mean? It's a, it's, all discipline is clearly a uh, 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 does a negative thing to these students, um, and so to challenge them with something different, um, shifting their paradigm of what a teacher is uh, is is healthy. And and I I like actually separated in a list like the differences between Simmons and Goose, and it's it's interesting how much um, how clear the writers are being and what these two views are. So Mr. Simmons, he's pointing out individuality. He's saying he even even by saying silence often speaks volumes. That's validating their silence. That's validating their the, validating their anti uh, their othering of him. Right? <clears throat> um, he says, uh, "I'm going to play with the structural the structure of the classroom." So he's already. That's the third line he says walking into the classroom. He's rejecting the stereotypical structure of 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 you know the uh, uh, post industrial revolution. Uh, uh, classroom structure, which is sit in a row, wait for the bell. He's already pushing that aside by putting them in a circle. Um, then he uh, he has the truth 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 crown, which is, I think, his way of saying um, honesty, positive honesty is is just as important as as I guess like discipline, right? Um, and and then and then he actually says these are my beliefs about teaching, and he lays them out for the students. Uh, and uh, the first one is that each student is a unique individual and whether a student is good or bad, um, either way, that's who they are. Uh, when they, and I, he's not calling a student bad. He's saying even if a student misbehaves or does something that is, is negative, that's still coming from a real place, um, which I think is a really positive way of at least looking at people. Even if it maybe is not f- a full way to teach, I think it's a great relational way to look at a person, which goes back to me saying that they're they're rejecting themselves by rejecting Simmons. They're rejecting their own individual individuality. Um, And then the second thing is he says, never stop asking why that's the way you learn. Um, Those aren't bad modes of teaching. I think we see a little bit that maybe it's not a full way to teach. Um, I think it's also shows that there's like, there's necessary prerequisites to freedom. hmm. Right. So you can't like, that's kind of what I was getting at earlier. Like in order to avoid that reactionary response, Hmm. which can often lead to like an authoritarian direction yeah is 
is you have to prime and prep people and there has to be mm. some prerequisites, right? Mm. It's not like you're oppressed and now you have all the freedom in the world. Like it doesn't really work like that. There's steps in between. Yes, 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 And yes. he's kind of doing the thing where he's flipping it on its head and yeah. just thinking like, they've gone through all the pedagogical courses I've been through. Yeah, yeah. They have all, they've read, you know, the Nation Magazine for the past 20 years or whatever, some lefty publications, you know, that they've done all the work, right? Yeah. Intellectual work and footwork to be where he is. And they haven't. And they haven't. And and that's why isn't, I mean, you might know better than me, but isn't that why like, you know, a lot of times if uh, inner city uh, schools get flipped to be like a more progressive, you know, they throw a lot of money into uh, like new things and new experiences. It doesn't always work because of that gap. They're not easing into it. Now I'm not. Yeah. That's like a, I think that kind of more is like a charter school play. Like Mm -hmm. they destroy the unions and they bring in charter schools, which basically operate however they want to operate. Interesting. So, and then you have like teach for America where you have 20 year olds teaching the kids who need the most help, you know, and they boot all the veteran teachers, yada, yada. There's like a, a lot of problems with that, <laughs> but it essentially is anarchy yeah, yeah. and teaching where they take, you know, they use that space yeah. as a way to further some sort of agenda. Well, and it, it, yeah, either way, it's clear that these students need, uh, want and need something different, but you can't throw it on, you can't baptize them with yes. fire. It, it needs to be... Um, yeah, engaged more intentionally, I, I guess. There was a thing you said when you said the thing that uh, silence speaks volumes. There uh, is, well, there's a song called Stillness is a Move, which I really like. And that's a great line, I think, which I think is essentially saying the same thing. Mm. And on top of that, uh, there is a progressive educator from Brazil named, I'm going to butcher his name, but it's Paulo Freire. He wrote Pedagogy mm. of the Oppressed. And he basically has this idea that there is no such thing as education without an agenda. So, and you're fooling yourself if you think there is. So if you take a more rigid, every desk in a row, this is the teacher, these are the students Mm -hmm. perspective, which seems like it's kind of just a dry, unbiased perspective of education is actually hyper political. And you're indoctrinating students to think in this sort of rigid fashion that is like loves authority without overly saying it and likes hierarchy. And so if you're going to, if you have to be political, you might as well be political in a way that's empowering, which I think is you're going to err on one side, yeah. err on the Mr. Simmons side and maybe rein some elements of it in. Right. Or do some proper educational uh, yeah. exercises yeah. as a way to like get the kids in the, in the flow, which it seems like Arnold and his buddies and students kind of understand. Right. Um, but yeah, I think that's like really important. And it's actually that uh, silence speaks volumes is a, in the line of progressive education in the sense that there is no such thing as like nothing. Like if whoa, you're teaching, whoa. you're being political. So do the right thing. Yes. Yes. That's good. Yeah. Because, uh, not making a choice is still making a choice. It's, it's, yes, put, you're, exactly. put, you're putting value into something and that may be an uncreative, you know, black and white walls. And uh, yeah, there's like a silent authoritarianism to a normal classroom right, environment. Right. So the progressive educators ideal is to break that. And that it's oppressive, even if it doesn't feel like it's oppressive, oppression still exists. Yeah. Um, The last thing is uh, when he talks about poems, he says, oh, I I don't like, I tend to like experimental, doesn't have to rhyme type of stuff. (laughs) And then he reads a poem, which I will definitely talk about in a minute. But all all this stuff is him, like we're saying, he's he's pushing a progressive kind of teaching method. Uh, And then we we switch to Lieutenant Major Goose, which is... um, Going going back to the old way of teaching, but actually more extreme, a militant kind of way of, of teaching, taking that uh, 
basic uh, uh, authoritarian where uh, uh, factory worker type of teaching, but taking it to the nth degree, right? Um, and so he he calls um, the students one unit. We're, we're gonna we're gonna have you act like one unit instead of as opposed to Mr. Simmons individuals, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he also views the students as the enemy. He says that, oh, you drop the pencil, you must be the enemy, which mm-hmm. is terrible teaching regardless of whether you're pro authoritarian or pro progressive yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. that's either way it's a terrible way of looking at it um he, he says uh when he starts sending kids to the corner he sends stinky as number four and stinky didn't do anything and he says why are you sending me to the corner and he just says symmetry so his <laughs> value is put into balance yeah. and uh, like uh everything in its place right um, uh, Phoebe calls him utterly sadistic. So there's something about, uh, back to the student is enemy. There's something yeah. rewarding about punishing students. Um, he also says, we're, we're going to make you into socially acceptable human beings. That's also negating them. That's saying you're not who you are. Isn't socially acceptable. I'm going to make you that. And it's, I'm going to make you a socially acceptable according to what I've yes, as yes, being yes, socially yes. acceptable. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. So that to me, um, is his perspective, which is more uh, militant, sadistic, uh, uh, disciplinary. Um, and, you know, obviously there's pros to both sides, but it's clear that his is the most like uh, uh, it shakes them up the most enough where they're willing to go back to their first way of teaching that they experienced with Mr. Simmons. Um, yeah. So uh, I don't know. Like, I like that they, I like that the writer is very specifically set up these two characters as options for teaching and uh yeah i don't know what do you think about that uh i don't know i think it's interesting i yeah. like um i don't know i think it's one of those things where you i don't know i think it's even to read into it the way that we're reading into it like like i mentioned before like there's prerequisites to freedom it's like there's almost prerequisites to understand what's going on in this mm-hmm. right so if you like how i brought up that Brazilian uh, educators sort of way of thinking like someone might come to that conclusion like in an intuitive way Mm, right mm. Um, Uh. but it's almost like you have to have someone there to like shine a light on something and I think for these kids um, I think Mr. Simmons in a dorky way like kind of was shining a light on a part of them and what you're saying is denying Mr. Simmons is rejecting themselves and it's almost like denying Mr. Simmons is also rejecting like an inherent part of themselves hmm, hmm. because a part of people, I think most people like to appeal to some authoritarian authority thing. Hmm, right. Hmm. And to all our uh, conservative listeners out there, yeah. there is left-wing authoritarianism as well. So that's not specific to like right, progressive for, to uh, like a right-wing mentality. Um, but I think it typically like manifests in right wing That's yeah. The way it's, it's yeah. But kind of, Stalin, okay. Lenin, Right wing, those are left wing authoritarians. Even the Castro's are probably people would say, but so um, not to like feel like you're picking on anybody in this sort yeah, of thing. But yeah, yeah. I think what they've done is they've there's a sort of a even there's more nuance. There's a duality to people, and they've ripped apart the duality of humanity as far as education mm-hmm. is concerned, kind of, and shown you kind of what both those look like in a cartoony, yeah, yeah. fun yes, way. Yes, yes, yes. Right. Um, yeah. And obviously, some people think that um, the rigid authoritarian style of education is the correct form of education um, because it instills discipline and um, Mm -hmm. there is truth to that because if the rest of the society operates one way which is typically in a more authoritarian fashion and rigid fashion like you may be sowing the seeds of discontent by having hyper progressive educational institutions and then have the real world be the complete opposite 
you know, and maybe yeah. year, years down the road, you'll have a more pro- like progressive, open, free flowing society. But that's a like, or you could just have two worlds, which is kind of almost how it is. Education's its own sort of world, and academics operate in this sort of closed world that is very open. They get kind of to choose their own work schedules. Yeah. They kind of, if they have tenure, get to choose what they teach. All these sorts of things that the rest of the world doesn't get to experience. You can be weird. You can be yeah. brilliant. You can be mediocre. You can be whatever in, in academia. That's that's kind of what happens in Dead Poets Society, which is they're, they're doing this like very rigid version of, of their parents' education. Yeah. Like uh, they have to be perfect, you know, whatever. The, the stereotypical perfect uh, – military school or, or, or a boarding school. Boarding school yeah. yeah, that's it, boarding school. And then Robin Williams comes in and like says, rip out the pages of your book. We're going to do a free form. I mean, he basically is all about poetry. He's all about drama, the arts. Um, and that's a little bit what Mr. Simmons is doing is shaking that up. Uh, now in Dead Poet Society, spoiler alert. Um, well, I won't say. If you haven't seen it, come on, watch it. It's like from 1990. You know, I can spoil it, yeah, right? Spoil it. Yeah, yeah. Spoiled. Um, uh, a kid like kills himself because he's so discontent yeah. with his old way of thinking. Yeah. And he's getting so much pushback mm-hmm. um, from, uh, you know, his, uh, I guess, parents or teachers uh, mentality that, that this one teacher stirred up something in him. So yeah. um, life giving that it led to his death. <laughs> yeah. But, and, and think about it this way, all you listeners out there, when you hear someone say like this, I remember this as a kid, like, Oh, where did John go? Like, oh, he went to boarding school. Like, he got in too much trouble. It's like you have these kids that are considered whatever they are. ADD. They can't sit still in class. They cause trouble. They're troublemakers. Whatever. Yada, yada, yada. And their way to straighten them out is send them almost to military education. Yes, yes. So it is is used in a sort of way to, like, pound discipline into a person. Yeah. Um, The other thing I wanted to say is I remember watching this as a kid a lot. And then I remember going to high school and in our poetry unit, I think in American, uh, in American English. So what do they call that? There's, uh, American lit. There we yeah, go. American yeah, literature. Yeah, yeah, I'm like yeah. American English, American literature. Um, uh, we read a poem by William Carlos Williams. Ooh. I'm going to read it right now. Cause it's one of my favorite modern poems. Um, it's called, uh, this is to say, For you, uh, Mr. Simmons. well, yes. For, yeah. For Mr. Simmons. Um, So the poem written by William Carlos Williams, this is to say, I have eaten the plums that were in the icebox and which you were probably saving for breakfast. Forgive me. They were so delicious, so sweet and so cold, which is almost word for word. The poem (laughs) that Mr. Simmons uh, reads, which is uh, called that he calls they were delicious. uh, And it's by an author, Walter Charles Walter. And I'll read it uh, uh, instead of playing the clip. Because you, you, I know you want to hear me orate uh, this. Um, <laughs> you like our broccoli. Uh, thank you. Uh, I have eaten the tomatoes that were on the windowsill. Were you saving them for a special occasion? <laughs> I apologize. They were delicious and so juicy and so red. Uh, that's amazing. And I remember reading the William Carlos Williams poem and go, oh my gosh, that sounds like the poem from Hey Arnold. And it, even at 15 or 16, however old I was, my respect for that show jumped up a ton because they were, they were introducing... Um, they're introducing free, really like free form poetry. Yeah. Um, for to nine year olds. Yeah. Um, and thinking about this episode now, um, and I think we can go back to Gerald's poem in that way too. Um, what what it's doing is 
showing in the form of his poem what is going on in his teaching style too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and connecting it back to literature by referencing a famous freeform poem. Um, yeah, it's nice. Um, and I think, I guess Gerald's poem in itself is, is sort of a reaction to, um, uh, the, the conflict between more progressive individual individualized teaching with a more, uh, uh, uh cookie cutter, m- maybe not militant, but at least authoritarian style yeah. of teaching. Um, uh, and, and you heard the poem earlier, but, um, uh, something about, uh, you know, I've seen the best minds of my generation, uh, uh, you know, pitching fastballs or whatever. And then they scatter with the, with like leaves in the wind that that's referencing, um, a very, a uh, freeform thing. And then the poem ends actually kind of downhill with them staring at a pop quiz in a classroom. Um, and so not only is the poem itself a free form, but it's talking about the difference between free form, pitching a fastball in the street, scattering like leaves in a wind. Uh, it's comparing that free form with uh, their existence, which is a more, you know, uh, 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 authoritarian type of teaching style um, for all of its pros and cons, of course. Um, yeah. Like that poem actually says a lot it's a little goofy you know it's like the entire episode yeah concentrated in those few lines it's so good yeah because great i don't know i feel like there's so many there's so many ways you could go with that poem which i think yeah it's really great and i like the idea of him him saying i've seen the greatest minds of our generation which is so good because it's like recognizing the humanity in his nine-year-old counter like like peers which is really awesome and say and saying where i see them is pitching uh, you know, playing ball in the street, yeah. yelling car and scattering. Yeah. That's where he sees the greatest generation. Yeah. The, the greatest minds of his generation. Well, and if you think about, I'm so not a sports person and I cannot stand baseball. Right, right, so right. the fact that I'm even saying this is hard for me. But if you think about like how baseball plays in our American historical context, uh, it's like, I think if I'm not so incorrect, it's like the, the people's sport. You know what mm, I mean, in the yeah, United yeah. States. It's, it's, it's um, America's pastime. Exactly. It's like America's sport. It's yeah. American sports. So I think like drawing those connections there. And then there's something to my mind as, as well, because I think he says something like uh, yelling car or something yes, like that. Yes. So it's kind of like their uh, their ability to like look out for one another and yeah. like, regulate one another in a oh. way that still furthers the game and safety. You know what I mean? Like their ultimate goal, which is the mm-hmm. game. And then the scattering, which is like that completely free form element. Yes, yes. Um, and as I completely butcher this poem and go straight through it, I might as well end it. And then it's like taking this sort of freedom <coughs> and then confronting it with the reality yes. of their situation, mm. which is you can be as free as you want to be, but sometimes you have to do things that you don't want to do. Yeah, yeah. And I guess being successful in this is like striking that balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a poem that's way more complex. It like they present it as like a cool cat kind of, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. you know, it's Gerald being Gerald telling yeah. you, being an orator. Yeah. Um. So that's another layer too is him as him as the storyteller of the yeah. neighborhood, um, and can, being consistent in that way. Um, but uh, it's it, it's a moment where the form meets the content meets the experience all at once. And I think when Mr. Simmons says the poem. In the classroom, it's funny because they make fun of it afterward because yes. it didn't rhyme because they want it to abide by some yeah. Yeah. preconceived notion of what a poem is. Yeah. And then it's hilarious to think of like in that setting, like a poem that's kind of dorky like that and from a dorky man as being like a radical thing, mm. right? So for them to hear a yeah, poem like yeah, that yeah. is a radical notion. Yes. To say like poetry doesn't have to be what you thought that it was. A classroom doesn't have to be arranged the way you thought that yes. it was arranged. Yes. You don't have to treat students the way... 
uh, that like you think you do, you know, all these sorts of things, which is like the common theme I think throughout the right, whole thing, right, 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 which appeals to yeah. my dumb sensibilities. Yeah, um, and to I guess keep going with that that thesis scene, the three things that are being shown to Mr. Simmons that have been like kind of uh, internalized. So one is that uh, that that the greatest minds can be found in a free form. That's yeah. the first thing. The second thing is uh, stinky um, uh, reaching out. Uh, putting on the truth crown and saying like you're caring, you're kind, you're thoughtful. Um, that's not only validating um, Mr. Simmons' uh, uh, kindness, but it's uh, it's saying that Stinky sees that. Um, yeah, and he recognizes it. Yeah, um, yeah. And then uh, the third, uh, which again back to back to Lieutenant Goose, how he calls Curly the enemy. Um, what Stinky is uh, noting is that. Mr. Simmons is doing something different. They're not enemies, they're friends, or at least um, they're in relationship. They're in true relationship that isn't antagonistic. Yeah. Um, and then the third thing is, and I love the line. It's so like innocent. Harold saying, I made you something. Um, there's a lot of power in that. He didn't say, hey, like I feel bad about eating your sandwich. So I made you a replacement sandwich. Although that is what it is. There's a, there's a powerful moment of like a student saying to a teacher, I made you something. Um, and, 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 uh, Mr. Simmons recognizes it and it's like so cheesy and sappy, but he says there's like in between the Turkey and cheese, there's a little bit of love. Um, but that actually is what's happening there is yeah. Harold's loving Mr. Simmons by gifting him with a replacement sandwich. It's, it's great. And what I just realized as you were explaining that is the, the, the truth crown as, as itself is very interesting because I think you said <clears throat> something earlier, like. Um, there's goods and bads to the pros and cons to both sides right, of right. the different teaching styles. But what I just realized when I, you were talking about the truth crown is that's his way of like creating some form of structure because you can't do what Helga says, which is say uh. a bad thing. He's saying, say a positive thing. So it's a command. He is commanding in a sort of roundabout way in a more positive seeming way them to do something, which is, I think in Mr. Simmons mind to give him. Uh, the cartoon character that much credit um it, it, it's like creating the prerequisites that i'm talking about which is recognizing the oh, humanity of your yeah. fellow student is the first step in engaging in the way that mr simmons mm. wants to engage in mm. but it still has some sort of formality to yeah. it yeah yeah you know what i mean it still has some sort of there is a rule-based thing <laughs> going on just like i think that's why the in, the baseball analogy is mm. interesting because there's rules to baseball yeah, as yeah, well yeah, yeah um uh we could just keep talking about this all, all day. Uh, the other thing uh, that I think, well, this is how the episode ends, is um, uh, them asking why, 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 over and over again. And I guess the way I look at it is it's these students finally getting really angry at the system they've experienced. And it's them standing up for like their individuality, right? But also doing it as a unit. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's beautiful. Whoa. That's whoa, what you whoa, hope whoa. for. Whoa, that is what you hope. That, yeah, they internalize both yeah. to throw down one. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. That's it. It's it's anarchy, which is right up your alley. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's good. Uh, yeah, and it, and then it well, it really ends with it ends with Mr. Simmons saying schedules are for lieutenant majors. Which is another, <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> like let's go to the park for fun, which is, you know don't they need like waivers or something? I don't know. Like this guy, bus driver, you know. The bureaucrat um, in you is coming out. Yeah, but I do like I like that they you know the photos that they they go through a montage of photos of them uh, going through the park, and the animators don't shy away from the fact that this is like kind of a rundown city. You know, there's, there's a gross, uh, you know, there are frogs hanging out in like a sewer basically. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's a small note, but it, it's saying that even in your, even in like a structured kind of, uh, rundown environment, we can still find, um, uh, uh, more freeform moments. Yeah. Like sporadic beauty. Yeah, which by the way, Adam and I didn't plan for this at all. So it's all freeform. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Okay, no. Uh, cry of the week. Where are you feeling, man? Oh, um, yeah. I don't know. Cries of joy. Tears of joy. Sure. Five. I like when they. I'm going to use this phrase the very last time and I will never use this again. But when they weaponize his beliefs <laughs> to say why, why, why over and over yeah. again. Yeah. Um, yeah. I liked that moment because mm. I think it's mm. it's funny and it's good and it's deep and it's adorable. And yes. All those good things. Um, uh, I think oh, my cry is. Um, yeah. the I It's the thesis scene, but it's so good uh, with the students validating Mr. Simmons and um, I guess Harold giving him his sandwich is uh, uh, ch- like cheesy uh, and also beautiful. And the music sets it in, in a way that uh, I guess thinking about these nine-year-olds doing this for this teacher, they barely know along with the sweet jazz music. Um, yeah. I, I would say four tiers, four out of five. I think I see a real tear coming out right now. <laughs> yeah, four out of four to five tears. Um, so that's my moment. Uh, and what's we have something good sending yeah. us out today? Well, usually, so usually we have a new segment, uh, smooth jazz of the week. Um, and I guess this is a little, you know, it's a it's old timey music at least. But um, we <laughs> we decided we're gonna we're gonna end it with uh, uh, why do fools fall in love, <laughs> which is what Curly <laughs> says uh, to um, Lieutenant, Lieutenant Major, Major Goose. Uh, it's it's I don't know much about this song. It's by uh, Frankie Lyman and the Teenagers, and it was made in 1956. Uh, so uh, yeah, normally we'll be giving you some more contemporary stuff, but um, no, just enjoy it. Enjoy Sit it, back man. And enjoy. All right, thanks guys for uh, showing up. Thank you so much. Yeah. See you soon. Bye. <laughs>